Usually when a priest is preparing a sermon on a gospel like today, he will read over the gospel many, many times, and then he will consult uh, books written by scripture scholars, which go through every word and the historical context, the, the different understandings of words and phrases, and uh, maybe perhaps you can consult other commentaries as well. What amazes me is the, the background of the person you are reading and their take that they have on it. For example, there's one female theologian who is incredibly scholarly and very, very well educated and very much highly revered among scripture scholars. And uh, her take on a gospel like today would be very different from, say, a male theologian who probably is a bit more traditional and where this lady is probably a bit more progressive. You understand what I'm saying? So the person that I read, on, I've read many on this gospel, but the one that really struck me is, is a very wonderful uh, spiritual writer and a wonderful person who is a living saint among us today. And his name is Jean Vanier. And he runs a, a group of houses, homes throughout the world called L'Arche, the Ark. And it is a place where people with either physical or mental challenges have a very beautiful, safe environment to live in. So he has written a commentary on this and on John's Gospel as well. And he says that the particular word that described Lazarus, and I think most of the um, theologians, scripture scholars would agree, and Jean Vanier says that, that um, Lazarus was more than likely a person with either a physical or a mental challenge. It is the house of the afflicted. So notice that it is the house of Martha and Mary. It is not the house of Lazarus. And normally in a patriarchal society then, it would have been the house of Lazarus. So Jean Vanier says that Lazarus was somebody who was a very close friend of Jesus. He's probably something that Jesus might have had to bathe at some stage when he was visiting that home, that he might have had to feed if he wasn't able to feed himself. Maybe he had to take him for a walk in the evening time. So what he's saying is there was a, an incredibly intimate link and a very deep love between Jesus and Lazarus. And what this story is about and what this parable about is, is how Jesus responds to somebody he loves who dies. And it is a very profound and intimate story that is presented us in today's gospel. The background to where Jesus was in his life was he had journeyed into Judea, he had performed some miracles, then he had to leave because the hostility of the people who were against him. At this stage in his life, there was a death warrant out against Jesus Christ from the religious authorities at the time. They were furious with him. 
So Jesus stayed away from Judea. But because Lazarus lived in Judea, he decided that he needed to go back there. And he journeyed back into Judea. Now that should give us a great insight into the nature of God in our lives. And to remind us that there is no situation and there is no condition in which God is banished from our life. God always wants to reveal himself and come to us in our lives. And there is nothing that is ever going to stop God except we, us ourselves. So God is a God who desires to come to us in our darkness, in our pain, in our suffering, in our fear. God always wants to be present to us at that moment in our lives. When Jesus gets there, there's an interaction between Jesus and Martha. And then eventually it comes around to, to Jesus weeping. And the, the word that comes before that is the word perturbed. Um, Vanier says that means shuddering. It means somebody is shaken to their core. So the, what happens is that Jesus Jesus cries and is shaken to his core because of the pain that suffering brings into people's lives, especially the suffering of death. So heaven shakes in empathy, in compassion with any person who is suffering in any way. God cries when one of his beloved is suffering in any way. So God is never indifferent to any of us, especially in our suffering. God is never indifferent to anyone who is suffering the loss of a child or a loved one. God is very much in empathy and is shuddering in pain as that person is shuddering in pain as well. Later on as the story progresses, we see that Jesus cries a second time and he shudders a second time because he knows um, what is needed from him. He shudders at the, at the re realization that of what is coming his way, that even though raising Lazarus from the dead, it is a resuscitation. It is very different from a resurrection. Lazarus is going to die again. But Jesus knows that just as he cured the blind man and the leper by putting um, soil on his eyes, paste, by touching the leper, by in many different ways in which he cured different people, that the only way he is going to free people from the fear of death is by touching death himself. And it is this moment he is coming into the full realization that he has to touch death himself on the cross and able to free all of us from the fear of death and, and the fear of insignificance that, that it brings into our lives. And that is why he, 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 he cries a second time. He cries a second time because this is the way that he has to accept and that we will celebrate during the Paschal Mysteries at Easter. But 
two final points I will make. For us to understand completely a spiritual truth, it has to be manifest in some way. So sometimes the spiritual truth is something that we care for somebody. And if we care for somebody who are maybe going through a difficult time, perhaps, um, as is very common, people will send a meal over to that family. There is a physical manifestation of a spiritual truth. Or we might send them a get well card, or might get them a mass intention and send them the card. A physical manifestation of a spiritual truth, and that is what the story of Lazarus is about. It is a physical manifestation of a truth that there is something deeper within us than life itself, than physical life. <clears throat> There's a deeper, a deeper truth, a deeper reality that is deeper than physical life. And that, that deeper reality is an invitation into the relationship that God has with Jesus and Jesus has with God. It is into the reality of unconditional love. It is the reality of very profound peace. And that is, that is what Jesus is trying to communicate. That, that God's love and God's life, different from physical life and physical love, the spiritual love and spiritual life cannot be killed in death. It cannot be eradicated in death. It is that most amazing and beautiful peace that Jesus speaks about after his resurrection when he says, peace be with you. So what this uh, gospel aims at <clears throat> is inviting us to be aware of this deeper reality that exists in every one of us and that is a fountain of life within us, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That is, we are called to enter more deeply into the relationship between the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And we are called to make it more and more, to try and discover that relationship that dwells within each one of us and that we are invited to enter in more and more deeply. So what Jesus wants us to do is to begin to learn the fullness of life now, to begin to experience that very deep and profound spiritual life and peace now, so that when we die, our physical death, the fullness of life we have now will be the fullness of life we will have then when we meet the Lord face to face.